Hello, hello, hello. My name is Jaden Abbott, and you're listening to the Fashion Cast produced by Cloak Market. And just in case you're wondering why I'm speaking so quickly, it's not because I'm trying to finish this intro before Kanye West's political career runs out. It's because this week's topic is fast fashion. Quick, roll the intro. You ain't got no style. Fashion. 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 Fashion cast. Welcome to Fashion Cast, hosted by Cloak Market. So as it turns out, fast fashion has like nothing to do with actual speed of, of the individual and, and everything to do with speed of the industry. So color me impressed. Oh, and just in case you were wondering, no, I did not finish that intro before Kanye West's political career was out. His political career never started. Hey, that's right. It's a little, little, little presidential humor for you guys. Kanye West, um, if you want to come on the show, the offer still open from episode one. So, uh. You know, um, get get on that, please. Thank you. Anyway, there's a couple of reasons that it's relevant to care about fast fashion because, to be honest, we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. And given what I assume the listenership of this show to be, maybe more so than your average person, unless you have thousands and thousands of dollars sitting away in a bank account solely for the purpose of clothes, which, if you do, I will give you my Venmo at the end of the episode. So here's the deal. I know we've all seen Patriot Act, and so we think we know what fast fashion is. I mean, or at least I have. I don't know about you guys. So there are a couple things to know about fast fashion before we actually talk about why it's a problem, why we're all terrible people. So the reason that we care about fast fashion today is, at the very least, because it has a couple distinct impacts. The first is on people. The second is on the environment. Sorry to bore you with the nitty-gritty, but that's the brass tack. So before we deal with that, though, we're going to talk about what the business model is and why it's successful in the first place. So... You see, fast fashion is this cute thing where you can get really expensive things for no money. And although everybody should be suspicious of a statement like that, we weren't and we're still not. What do I mean by that? So back in the day, you know, back in back before, you know, all these cool hip, hip and hip and tidy brands were a thing. If you wanted something expensive, it was going to cost you a lot of money. Now, not so much. You can go into a a store like H&M or Zara and purchase some reasonably good-looking garments for very affordable prices. That's because that's exactly what their business model is. You see, fast fashion thrives on the ability of companies like this to see a very expensive design or a designer look very quickly and very cheaply reproduce it to the masses on a week-to-week basis. In some cases, some instances, it has even been recorded that they are capable of knocking off a design in as quickly as 24 hours so get on it that's faster than most of my relationships and that's why did i say that anyway the point here is that their entire goal is to produce is is just to produce these kind of looks quickly as opposed to having the the normal seasons as you would with any type of fashion brand but they're much cheaper how do they manage to do this easy they use lower quality materials and outsource their labor We're going to talk about why both of those are a problem in a second. Let's say a company like Balenciaga makes a really expensive shoe or piece of clothing, right? Maybe it's going for thousands of dollars, if not, you know, 800, whatever the amount is. Then, after people have expressed interest in this, companies like H&M will quickly produce what amounts to a knockoff version of that item for something closer to 40, maybe $60 and sell it to you. And that same item will be off the shelf next week if it doesn't get high sales. Because that's the other part of fast fashion. The turnover is ridiculous. 
the the point is that the the the, the quick turnover is required because items that are not expressly profitable can't be kept in stores because this business model doesn't work if people aren't buying a metric crap ton of this. So. Now that we know how they get into your hands and, more importantly, why they've been so successful, because I think we're all guilty of it, let me hit you with some hard numbers real quick. Um, just in case you're wondering, whenever we do numbers on this show, yes, I hate it as much as you do because I'm also bad at numbers. But humor me, will you? So, so let me hit you with some numbers real quick. I'm still bad at them. So the BBC finds that the average American throws away 37 kilograms of clothing every year. Oh, just in case you're wondering, in my research for this, I found another article. As it turns out, 31.75 kilograms is around 70 pounds of waste, which is the same statistic. So it's 70 pounds. Um, the American education system didn't teach me that. The internet did. So uh, my argument still stands, is what I'm saying. For those of us like myself that are not good at the metric system, I'd provide a conversion, but you can do that yourself. Also, America needs to get on the metric system. Forget all of the crap we're doing with fashion. Why don't I know what a kilogram is, parents? Why don't I know what a kilogram is, educational system? Maybe I do conceptually, but I couldn't tell you what a kilogram of stuff is. And if you can in the comments, shut up. I'm trying my best. Anyway, we throw away 37 kilograms of clothes a year. Globally, just around 12% of the material used for clothing ends up being recycled. Compare that to paper, glass, and plastic PET bottles, which have recycling rates of around 66, 27, and 29%, respectively, in the United States, at least. Um, so the problem is already that we produce metric tons worth of fashion waste every single year and that number is only increasing notice how i said metric tons because that's the theme of this episode where is my metric system the american educational system has failed me and i'm not going to stop saying it until i know what a pint is is that even metric cut that if it's not a quick google search revealed it's definitely not so our, wa our waste is already high. A lot of that goes into landfills and can end up in other unseemly places like being um, shipped to the developing world. It's something that we're going to talk about in a second. But while we're on the subject of the developing world, here's another problem with fast fashion. You see, the developing world gets shafted. Let me be more specific. The developing world gets screwed specifically because we outsource a lot of our labor there when, when we talk about fast fashion here. Let me read you a New York Times article that I'm sure you all are going to love. Tatiana Schlossberg writes on the book Fashionopolis by Dana Thomas, quote, in one of the most powerful parts of the book, Thomas recounts the tragedy of the 2013 Rana Plaza factory collapse in Bangladesh, told through the harrowing experiences of two survivors. The explosion killed 1,100 people and injured another 2,500, and this was not a one-off. Between 2006 and 2012, more than 500 Bangladeshi government workers died in factory fires, and, she notes, none of this news, the Rana Plaza catastrophe was very widely covered, diminished Americans' ap appetites for cheap clothing. In fact, Thomas writes, the same year Americans spent $340 billion on fashion. Much of what is produced in Bangladesh, some of it by Rana Plaza workers in the days leading up to the collapse. Yeah. People die for this. And unfortunately, it's not going to stop. Not as long as there are economic incentives for it to stop on our side. So that's at least the part of it that I think we can all agree is, oh, blah, humanitarian. And we're going to talk about why the fact that you donate your clothes isn't much better either. But let's talk about a little something else, the environment, because this is where fast fashion really hits us where it hurts. I talked about fashion waste earlier, but it gets so much worse. Recognize this. 
ThePrettyPlantier.com cites Elizabeth L. Klein, author of Overdressed, as saying that we wear our clothes are on average only seven times before discarding them. We waste a lot. Um, people in the United Kingdom have $46.7 billion worth of clothing in their closets that is unworn. Meanwhile, companies like Burberry and H&M are burning unsold clothes in secret, and 50% of their textiles end up on the cutting room floor without recycling. Globally speaking, around less than 30% of our clothes are donated, but the world is still swimming in secondhand clothes. The United States only exports more than a billion pounds of clothing each year. That's 453.6 million kilograms. I'm learning the metric system every second I do this episode. And you know what? What does this prove to us? It proves to us that for all the things they tell me I'm learning in school, I'm learning a whole lot more by sitting in my closet and yelling into a microphone, which jokes on my degree and my student loans. So the problem with this is, of course, that clothes dumped in landfills take decades to degrade while they're emitting greenhouse gases. They could be reused or recycled. How do clothes emit greenhouse gases, Jaden, you ask? It's not a cow. It's not a car. Well, you see, that's because fast fashion uses significantly lower quality materials than their counterparts. I mentioned this earlier, but here's why it's important. You see, while that really expensive Gucci or Versace or Abbott original, that last one's made up, it's just my last name, might be made of really high quality materials. Fast fashion isn't. So even though it could be made of wool or, or cotton or whatever, when you buy that same item or a similar looking one from H&M, it's likely made of 4% wool at, if I'm being courteous, 15%. And the rest is likely a material known as polyurethane. It's essentially a plastic. For those of you chemistry majors in the audience, you do that. For those of you non-chemistry majors in the audience, it's a plastic. Also, for the chemistry majors in the audience, you guys probably do know the metric system. So if you want to um, teach it to me, you can contact me whenever, to be honest, I, yeah, or don't. It's, man, you probably have a lot on, on your plates anyway. But point is, chemistry majors are vastly more equipped to handle this topic. In any case, <laughs> the point that I'm making here is that when these items are burned or left in landfills, they release toxic greenhouse gases into the environment. Not just because they're plastic, but because they're made of oil, essentially. And if that's not sustainable, or you don't know why that's not sustainable, I don't know what to tell you other than our education system has failed you more than it's failed me. And this is the bigger, the broader problem with fast fashion, because the industry continues to grow, and as we talked about earlier, it thrives on quick turnover. It's making bets on the fact that you're not going to wear that piece more than seven times, and that you're going to want the new hotness next week. That's bad. I'd argue something, something, social media, we got to look good for the gram, something, something. This has increased in the latest couple years, but people smarter than I have probably made that analysis. All you need to know is that it happens and it's getting worse. So I want to play you guys now a, a real, real tasty clip from H&M's conscious campaign. It's see here. Here's why this is this is interesting, because companies are getting wise to the fact that people don't like the fact that they're hurting the environment and the developing world. So not a while ago, actually, I was going to say not long ago, but this happened in like 2014, H&M launched a campaign called Conscious. It was supposed to be a, an initiative to make all of their retail clothing chains, as well as the clothes they produce, significantly more sustainable. But take a listen and tell me if you notice something a little out of place. 
At H&M, we work hard to create a sustainable future. That's why in 2011, H&M introduced the green tag. This tag means that the item is a conscious garment. All conscious garments are made from materials that have minimal impact on the environment. A perfect example of a conscious material is organic cotton. We at H&M have used organic cotton since 1993, and this usage increases yearly. Today, we are one of the largest users of organic cotton in the world. 15.8% of our cotton comes from sustainable sources, but our goal is to hit 100% by 2020 at the latest. Yikes. Guess that didn't happen. We at H&M also make sure all of our non-organic cotton is produced in a low-impact manner. So in 2005, we co-founded a groundbreaking project with the Better Cotton Initiative that educates farmers on ways to use less water and chemicals in the growth of quality cotton. But that's not all. We also pursue the innovation of sustainable materials such as organic hemp, organic jute, recycled organic wool and organic leather. We even use recycled polyester from PET bottles and transform them into fine fibers. Conscious materials inspire our designers to find new, innovative ways to create fashionable clothes. So the next time you shop at H&M, look for the green tag and know that you too can be a part of an exciting, more sustainable fashion future. So I noticed a couple things that were out of place. Did anyone but me notice the like dystopian voice in the back i don't like how she was talking to me all i'm saying is y'all think 1984 is here here you guys and and i don't like it because if i if this is how i go down we we all in some, some shit now but what i wanted you to notice is they're strangely non-specific about a lot of what they do and that's because most of the terms they use in that video have no concrete definition for example they tell us things like they're going to teach farmers on how to use less water and chemicals in the growth of quality cotton. Interestingly enough, where most of the water is consumed in the closing production process is not in the growth of cotton. Rather, it is in the factories used to consume the used to assemble those clothes because factories require cooling systems because they get very hot. Unless, of course, you're in a sweatshop in Bangladesh, in which case, hey, we call it a sweatshop for a reason. Am I right? I'm sorry, people died. Another inconsistency worth pointing out is that they continue to tout the use of organic materials, like organic cotton, organic hemp, and things like this. But a quick Google search reveals that those things don't mean much of anything as well. Here's what I mean by this. Organically grown materials, like organic cotton, are simply defined as cotton that is grown organically in subtropical countries. So essentially, they don't use things like genetically modified plants or synthetic chemicals like fertilizers or pesticides. So that's fine, and they technically pass the certified organic labeling test required by the FDA in America, but it doesn't actually make a difference because that's not where the bulk of the pollution that comes from fast fashion companies originates from. It's the energy used by their plants. It is the coal burned in order to 
assemble the clothing. It is what happens when we waste a lot of fabric made primarily of polyurethane. None of those things are being offset by doing this because none of this means they're using a higher percentage of cotton in their clothing. It just means that the cotton they do use doesn't have pesticides in it. So I guess we can feel marginally safer about that. It's this kind of strange double talk that they're using to justify continue a continual willful ignorance for their harm on the environment. But believe it or not, somehow it gets worse. You see, The Guardian found that in 2017, companies like H&M, Zara, and Marks and & Spencer were linked to polluting factories in Asia with a material called viscose. What is viscose, you ask? To quote the article, quote, Viscose, touted as a sustainable alternative to cotton or polyester, is often used as a cheaper and more durable alternative to silk, commonly in skirts and dresses. Experts say it is just as likely to be found in a 10-pound shirt as it is in a 2,000-pound suit. Quick side note, pound in this context is a pound sterling, a unit of money, not a physical pound. Although a 2,000-pound suit, I don't want to say I could pull it off, but... People have called me dense before, but they don't even know what's coming. <laughs> Keep talking, Shannon. In any case, to continue the article, investigators for the Changing Markets Foundation visited 10 manufacturing sites in China, India, and Indonesia and found severe environmental damage, including water pollution from untreated contaminated waste and air pollution. Brands alleged that the report to source from these factories include H&M, Inditex, owner of Zara, Marks & Spencer, and Tesco. So what we can gather from this article is that even when companies try not to pollute, they pollute. And that's the takeaway, in some capacity at least, that even though we like to think that there are environmentally conscious companies that are just that easy, that are trying their damn best to not pollute the environment, they're still big companies, which means they still produce a lot of waste and it would take massive system overhauls in order to avoid these sorts of wasteful procedures. Certainly in this context, they, they're doing double damage for the things we talked about in this episode. They are both polluting and damaging the developing world at the same time. So on your terrible person report card, that's a two for one. H&M got a bingo they just need like some kind of me too scandal and they're golden they are golden anyway so i just said or noted that even when you don't pollute you pollute and i kind of teased a little bit earlier that i'm going to talk about why donating your clothes isn't the greatest thing but rather than say it myself i think it's important to have a source on this one so check this out greenamerica.org finds quote even though many Americans donate clothing, textiles still make up a shocking amount of U.S. waste stream. The EPA reports that Americans generate 16 million tons of textile waste a year, equaling just over 6% of the total municipal waste. For context, plastics make up 13% of our waste stream. On average, 700,000 tons of used clothing gets exported overseas, and 2.5 million tons of clothing are recycled, but over 3 million tons are incinerated, and a staggering 10 million tons get sent to landfills. Critically, though, later in the article, they find the following, quote, donating clothes can also be problematic. Bagging up and dropping off these items might end their story in our minds, but it doesn't signify the end of the life of your t-shirt or pair of pants, not by a long shot. Many people donate their worn clothing to a local charity shop. 
One popular charity shop chain is Goodwill, which reports that it offers many opportunities for the clothes to be resold, although roughly 5% of donated clothes are directly sent to landfills, largely due to mildew issues, which can contaminate entire bales of clothing, and the rest remain in the 3,200 stores for only four weeks before being moved to Goodwill outlets found in 35 states, where items are sold for 99 cents per pound. What doesn't sell at the outlets is then sent to Goodwill auctions, where huge mystery bins full of items are sold for as little as $35 each. Finally, the clothing that remains gets sent to textile and recycling centers where they will be cut into rags, processed into softer fiber, used for filling furniture and building insulation, or sent overseas. Critically, I want to comment on the fact, though, that this is not the article, by the way, this is me talking, that those processes, like recycling, take a lot of energy and oftentimes result in a lot of pollution in and of itself. The conversion of a piece of clothing into something else usable takes energy, and not just someone physically doing it by hand, it takes machines that are required. Um, takes machines that are powered, often coal-burning ones, to do these things. This is another form of pollution that happens when we donate our used clothing. We're going to keep going down later in the same article, and it only gets worse. Because even though we, what has happened so far has sounded not that bad, we're just using some energy to recycle, here's where a lot of your clothes end up. Quote, Secondhand clothes that don't sell in the United States or go into textile recycling are often exported. Roughly 700,000 tons of used clothes get sent to other countries annually, reportedly creating a big market and contributing to job growth. But it's highly contested whether the impacts of this trade on local economies yields beneficial or harmful results. The sheer volume of exported clothing has suppressed local clothing industries and developed an increased reliance on other countries. It's estimated the cost of a secondhand garment is as low as 5%. The cost of a new garment made in Kenya, meaning local industries are unable to compete with the influx of cheap used clothing. In 2016, the East African community agreed to complete a ban on imported clothing that would have gone fully in effect in 2019. The Trump administration pressured leaders to rescind the ban, which they eventually did, but a range of projected outcomes were debated during the multi-year discussion of the ban. Kenya had said that it wouldn't be able to follow the ban's deadline, as it lacks the capacity to meet the domestic demand for clothing and and the export demand for its textiles. Local small businesses need to expand and scale up to satisfy this demand. So what does this mean? It means that when we push our clothes in the developing world, we damage local businesses, and oftentimes the clothes don't even get, end up getting used there. Many studies find that uh, many of these clothes end up getting burned, which is, is sad. I know I did that in my Jaden is reading an article or a source thing. Um, this is, if you want the source on this, um, I don't know. I actually got it from the episode of Patriot Act. I watched to do this episode, so go check that out. I don't know. This is I don't know if that show like needs a plug, but they do a great episode on this as well. I think we're doing a little bit of a different take on this this week, but I do think it's it's important to inform yourself from multiple dimensions of an issue. So that's just me. I also just when generally reading this article, I saw the words recycled content a lot and i thought my computer was like subtweeting me for bad jokes like recycle content recycle content bitch like this, this is what it is god i hope that's not true in fairness the content i use on this show isn't recycled it's just bad which which is, is arguably worse I hate scaring you with statistics all episode because I think that's just like not fun to listen to. Like there's enough 
gloom and doom in the media, but this is kind of interesting. So CoderGirl.com finds that, quote, fast fashion emits 1.2 billion tons of CO2 per year, which is more than air travel and shipping combined. Fast fashion also produces 20% of global wastewater, contaminating rivers, oceans, drinking water, and soil. 60% of clothes are made of synthetic materials derived from petrochemicals like the polyurethane we talked about earlier. So guess what? Fast fashion... On the whole, like the the clothes that ship the, the planes that ship your clothes pollute less than the clothes you're you're wearing, and this is one of the bigger problems with this industry because at some point we decided we wanted it fast and easy, right? And the market catered to us fast, easy, and cheap to boot too. But all that means is that the suffering goes somewhere else. And I say this a lot, but I think it's it's exceptionally true here, that if you want something quickly, you're going to pay for it. And if you want something cheaply, you're going to pay for it in quality. We decided we wanted both, so instead of the harm falling on us, it's fallen on the environment and the people that can't do anything about it. And that's pretty bad. So what's the takeaway for this episode, you ask? Well, I know that I normally uh, sit on my in my high horse here and beat my chest and say, guys, the takeaway is just be happy or be a good person or something. But I think this one might be actually that simple. Wear your clothes for longer. Yeah, I don't think there's a way we're going to totally dismantle this industry in the short term at all. Like It's so deeply rooted and has so many perverse incentives associated with it. I just think that probably it's going to take us a long time to demonstrate that we're not okay with this practice. So outside of doing things like protesting or writing H&M, which, you know, we listen to the ad together. I don't know how much that's going to do. I, although if you if you call their office and you get the voice of whoever voice acted that ad, ask them if they want to come on the show because, oh, oh boy, that, that would be a little creepy. You know, we'd have the like, hello, you're listening to the fashion cast. And like, that would be uncanny valley if i've ever heard it but as far as the um you know doing what your part is just wear your clothes for longer back in the day people made out apparently with like 10 new articles of clothing a year and that has increased dramatically we can go back to that there's nothing wrong with liking fashion if you really want to buy more of course you can but don't toss it out after a year either you don't you don't need the, the latest and greatest to, to be wasteful. I think that, like, hopefully, you you know, as fashionable people you guys are, as I know my listeners are, you can make it work without it because clearly it's hurting the environment and clearly it's hurting the people that can't do anything else about it. So on that note, I'm going to call it an episode. I'm Jaden Abbott. This has been The Fashion Cast. Thanks for listening. I feel like I said that like I was going to say something else. Just cut, just cut. Sources this episode include the New York Times' How Fast Fashion is Destroying the Planet, Pretty Plantier's How Much Waste Does the Fashion Industry Produce, The Guardian's H&M, Zara, and Marks and Spencer linked to polluting viscose factories in Asia, GreenAmerica.org's What Really Happens to Unwanted Clothes, H&M's H&M Conscious Conscious Materials advertisement campaign and other sources. The outro theme is Lover's Carvings by Bibio. If you'd like to learn more about this issue, you can check out our blog at deadstockstyle.com and if you'd like to continue the discussion in some other capacity, you can tweet at me 
under the hashtag uh, H&M Bingo. <laughs> Jesus. I'll be sure to check it out. But for real, guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>